This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. It's been a while, but welcome back to a brand new season of the Hammers Unrestricted podcast. There's plenty to speak about this week before we kick off the new Premier League campaign. I'm glad to say Jimmy's back with me to discuss all things West Ham. Jimbo, it's been a while, isn't it, mate? Oh, it's been two long woods. Uh, looking forward to the new season. Uh, we'll gloss over that Euro final. Don't want to stay too long on that topic. But yeah, um, excited for this season, excited for Europe and... Want to see what's in store? Yeah, on that, Jim, let's just uh, start by thanking everyone for their response to our Euro 2020 episodes. Overall, received really well. Um, been told there was lots of good analysis and thoughts on the games. Just going back to that for a second, then, you picked the venue, didn't you, for the, for the final? Oh, it was not me. It was uh, Mr. Samuel Penny. <laughs> okay, we'll give him a shout out for that then. Uh, just off Brick Lane, the old food market. To be fair, mate, it was a cracking venue. Um, a little bit of a rip-off box park, if you like. Um one of the best 45 minutes of football I think I've seen from the England side. I know we were all battered, but I thought we played excellent in the first half. I said to you, didn't I? I remember, um, I think it was Benucci had the shot from about 30 yards. I showed it to you. That's, that shows where they are at the end of this half. They're desperate. But the game changed, didn't it? It did. We didn't have much of the ball. It felt like we were chasing shadows that second half. And it was a scrappy goal they got, but you can't say they didn't deserve it. And I feel like I've only, it's what, a month later, a month and a half later, I've only just been able to speak about it now because after that final, it was devastating. Uh, so I don't want to talk about it too much. But um, yeah, I think we did give a good count of ourselves and I'm optimistic about Qatar in the winter next year. Yeah, I think I definitely need to make a point here to say it was Declan Rice's best game in England shirt. Oh. 100%. He didn't have the best competition in comparison to some players, Calvin Phillips being an example there, but he was told to sit a lot deeper, as we discussed before. But he was quality, breaking lines, getting forward, winning the ball, taking players on. You know, It was the Declan Rice that we see at West Ham, and it was really good to see in that half. But, you know, um, as you said, really disappointing. We don't need to go, go into much about it. Um, as we've said, everyone knows where we went wrong. Let's just crack on with West Ham, I think, for the new season. Uh, you see much of pre-season yet, mate? Uh, see the odd bit here and there. Um, wasn't able to go to the Atlanta game. Uh, a bit gutted about that. We had an event this weekend, uh, just a small one. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've seen the Celtic game, but apart from that, not too much. Um, but we, it looks positive. It looks positive. Can't complain. Um, yeah. Yeah, shout out to Commotion Events for a cracking Saturday. Really enjoyed ourselves there. Nice little plug there, Jimbo. Uh, we'll be back again soon with more events for everyone. Just going to go through the uh, pre-season results so far. It's been a cracking run for us. We've got two draws, first of all, with Dundee and Leighton Orient. They were both played on the same day. Uh, we won 2-1 at Northampton. We won 3-0 at Reading. A cracking 6-2 win away at Celtic. I'm gutted we couldn't go to that. That would have been a great little away day for pre-season. We won at Brentford as well with a cracking goal from Ben Rama on his return. And we, as you say, we beat Atlanta 2-0, winning the Betway Cup. That must be the first time in three years I think we've actually taken the lead in that game. I think I saw that stat somewhere. Lack of business so far. You know, We'll get into the transfer business properly soon, but... Of the players that have been performing in pre-season, it does look quite promising. I think, I think Ben Rahm is going to have a good season. I'm really excited to see what Jared Bowen can do with a good run of games as well. 
Mikel Antonio in that number nine shirt could be a revelation. You got any initial thoughts, mate? I mean, the front three, they do look good. Um, like you said, there's a lot of transfer rumours at the moment, especially Bowen linked with Liverpool. I don't see it happening myself. Uh, I think he's a good player, but I think you'll get a lot more opportunity uh, this year with no Lingards and the same with Ben Rama. I think both of them now, they can really take the team forward. I mean, they're going to have a lot more of the ball in the final third and they need to make things happen. But the signs are promising. They're both class players. Um, but yeah, we really do need them to hit the ground running, chipping with a few goals early, I'd say. Yeah, as you said about Bowen there, the only thing that really worried me about that link was that it appeared on The Athletic, first of all. And, you know, that is a paid subscription site. So you, they tend to report real honest stuff. So that was a bit of a concern. But I think his feet are pretty much plying to us at the moment. If he has a good season, who knows what could happen there. Um, despite the lack of business, it's been good to keep hold of Declan Rice for now. Um, I've said to you a couple of times, I, I do think he'll stay with us this season and lead us through the Europa League. But I think it's inevitable that he does move next season. Can't dwell on that too much, but you know we've got another year of him, it looks like. So let's just hope he keep, um, keeps improving on his fantastic season last year. It looks like Suchek and Sufal are both going to stay as well. You know, overall, I've said a couple of times already about the lack of business, but we're not really letting anybody go, which is a good sign, I think. We've got to give the owners their dues on that. They haven't buckled under anything so far. We're not sure if any bids have actually come in yet. But it is frustrating seeing so many teams around us who maybe finished below us in the table or just in and around where we were, really improving their sides this year. And all we've done is sign two goalkeepers. I mean, you would have expected more business happening, especially with our squad being quite thin, as it was. And then on top of that, European games to boot. I mean, it is really going to test the squad and the depth um, right off the bat because we're going to start our season thick and fast. It's going to be Thursday, Sunday football. There's going to be injuries. We know Antonio can't last the whole season. We accept that. We do need to sign a backup for him. That's the position I worry about the most, I'd say. I think we need cover for centre mid as well, but we just need a striker, even if it's a loan deal for someone. Just get someone through the door. I know, like we've, we'll probably touch on later, I'm not sure if they're holding off on business because of this takeover talk, mm. but that'd be speculation on our part. But something needs to change because I think what we'll find is the team is still solid. I don't want to undersell our team. And we go into this season in a hell of a lot better place than we did last season. And we had a great season then. But with the lack of reinforcements and the extra games, I think we will be tested. And if we go deep in a couple or two, then it really is going to be bare thin. Yeah. Just because you mentioned Antonio there, um, I saw a cracking tweet earlier on from a guy called Thomas J. Clark. Um now, this is about Antonio and about, you know, we said about his um, injury concerns. He was doing some research and he saw that Jamaica, who he is now playing for internationally, have eight internationals still to play before the end of 2021. If Antonio gets a call up and West Ham win two League Cup matches, he could be playing 37 matches between this Sunday with Newcastle away and December the 28th. That's a match every three and a half days for 129 days. For a man who's got hamstrings made of quavers, mate, that is ridiculous, isn't it? Like, I don't understand the logic behind this. Sebastian Heller left West Ham in January. It's August. And we haven't replaced our record sign. Not even just our record signing. A striker. We've got one striker who's a converted winger. 
And like I've just said, his hamstrings aren't any good. We know we know he's going to get injured. Like, let's, let's not be silly here. Like, it's only a matter of time. He, he actually, he pulled a hammy, I think, a couple of weeks ago. He had, a, he had a tweak in one of the friendly games. And we thought, oh, here we go. It's starting already. Excellent goal the other day against Atlanta, as we spoke about just now before the podcast. Quality first touch and finish. You know, he will be a big, big force for us this season in that number nine shirt. But I can't understand the logic of not replacing him yet. Whilst I say that, there are three players who, you know, we were heavily linked with before the start of this window. And all of them appear to be making other moves. You've got Adam Armstrong, first of all, who's done the reverse Alan Shearer, if you like. Started his career at Newcastle, got to Blackburn, just signed for Southampton today as, I'm, as we're making this podcast. He's gone to Southampton because we've missed out on Danny Ings, who's gone to Aston Villa, which I think I said the other day with somebody else, um, a proper old school transfer that kept right under the, you know, kept really hush. No one knew it was going to happen. Just announced on the day. Good bit of business for them. Uh, and lastly, Tammy Abraham. Tammy Abraham, not moved anywhere. He, he was linked with Arsenal. He's been linked to going abroad as well to Atlanta. Apparently doesn't want to join West Ham. You know, these are three massive strikers who could have made an impact and we're just not taking the opportunities. Can you see a sign of the striker? At the moment, no. I, I don't have any faith in the board or the team. I mean, they let Haller go. We know we've got the kitty in the bank. We had that money before Villa had the money for Grealish. We know that. We already had the reserves. They had to wait for Grealish to go out before they could get Danny Ings in. So we should have been ahead of them essentially, in that field. I think Armstrong to Southampton, that's a great sign for both parties because I don't think it's that easy to get a quality striker for 20 mil, mm. a Prem striker. So I think that's a good move on both parties for Armstrong and Southampton. But yeah, I, I don't have faith in the board to do smart business. I mean, look at the strikers we've signed over the years. I think it's comical how many we've had. So why that would change now, I don't know. But it just highlights the lack of strategy to let Hilaire go without replacement. I think we swallowed it in January. We said, all right, okay, you're not got anyone in reserve. We can make it to the end of the season. And that's what it felt like. We made it to the end of the season. It was like, mm. okay, we can breathe. You just mentioned the uh, the sale of Jack Grealish to Aston Villa, record transfer for a British player, £100 million. Um, you know, cracking move for him, really, for everyone involved. City get their player, Villa get 100 million, uh, Grealish gets the move of his dreams. I think the Villa fans are obviously really bitter about it. One thing I will applaud about the move, though, is the Aston Villa CEO, Christian Perslow. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, I know you're not on Twitter. He put out a video the day after on, on Villa TV. It was broadcast on Villa TV the day after the move. Five-minute video of him just sitting there face the camera, explaining why they sold Grealish, the strategy behind it, how they're going to make improvements. And it's just so refreshing to see. You know, they've he sat down and he said, okay, we've lost Grealish. You know, he wants to play Champions League football. We can't stand in the way of that. We put in a hundred million pound buyout clause last season. If a club comes and meets that, we think that's a good deal. At the same time, we don't think it's going to ever going to get met realistically. Obviously, he then had the Euros, didn't he? And he was fantastic. He was pr pretty much the talisman for the country. Everyone was calling for him. But then he's appeared on this video now and he said, despite the hundred million we've bought in, we've also bought in Buendia from Norwich. They brought in Leon Bailey from Leverkusen and Danny Ings. They brought in three players to replace one player. I know Grealish is a massive character for that for that team and you know for that squad, but you know that that is a club that's being run properly now. It's frustrating, really. I said to you the other day I didn't want to talk about West Ham until we did this podcast. We've held off it for a couple of weeks now because we've had a bit of a break, but it's just so so fucking frustrating, mate. Because we are we're a good club and there's so much potential of us. But we are being run by a couple of clowns who don't want to spend any money. 
you know, fair. Ariola is a fantastic signing. He is, but we nearly fucked that up as well because they they went in with a with a shit bid, and then they go, no, we don't want to accept that. Okay, what about a loan to buy? No, we don't want to do a loan to buy. Okay, bollocks, yeah. We're going to go off to West Brom and try it with them for Sam Johnston. Did that? They didn't want it. We tried it with Pereira as well, and now he's gone off to Abu Dhabi, wherever he's gone. It's the same old shit with them, isn't it? And it's really, really frustrating me now. Well, I mean, you'll never see them do a video because they'll never be able to come out and justify their decisions because there is no strategy. And it's actually, I think, easy for the Villa board to come out and do that video because they have a plan. They can justify it. Every decision they make is strategic, is premeditated. And all you have to do, you can be that simple and straightforward. Just explain your A, B, C plan and make the signings. But there mm. clearly is no strategy and they can't justify it. So you'll never see that transparency with West Ham. We don't know where the money goes. We don't know if they're pulling money out of the club. We don't know anything about this takeover. <laughs> We're just kept in the dark. And that's how they need to keep it. Because if you did shine a light on those cobwebs that they're hiding, I think yeah. you'll find something scary. But this year we got Europe. I was like, okay, we can kick on. This is what they promised us. This is why we moved to the new stadium. And this is a stepping stone for us. And right at the critical point, they've just faltered and they've reverted back to their old ways. And yeah. it's so disappointing to see. Like, they have splashed the cash in the past on flops. Felipe mm. Anderson, Hilaire. But now was the time. And I think Moyes was the best bet out of all of the managers they've had under their reign. I feel like Moyes was the one... <clears throat> He steadied the ship, not to give... He doesn't need really expensive players, but he needs bloody someone, you know what I mean? We don't actually need 50 million players. We don't need 40 million players. Just a few 20 millions would really add up for us, you know what I mean? Maybe a loan deal. Maybe Tammy Abraham on loan. That would be marvellous. We just need someone in the door. We need, we need someone who knows what they're doing, really. Let's be honest. Like You, you mentioned we had the £50 million. Pounds. We had two two players signed for £85 million combined who have now left the club for under £30 million quid. Anderson's gone back to the club we paid £40 million pound for him for for £4 million pound three years later. It's a joke. And he spent last season out on loan. It's just typical. It's them to up to their old tricks again. You said there's no strategy. There is a strategy completely. Identify a player that we want. Approach the club and un- lowball them. Give them a shit offer so they're going to say no. Come back and go, oh, well, we tried. Go back have a loan offer, maybe. They ain't going to want to do that. Loan to buy, maybe. They ain't going to want to do that either. They just they just lowball people all the time. And they, they ruin relationships with other clubs. They don't want to do business with us anymore because of some of the ways we've been dealing with transfers. It's a joke. More on to the topic that you mentioned earlier on now with the PAI takeover, um, which appears to be headed by Bosch Beds' very own Tom Skinner off The Apprentice. I'm not sure if you know him, Jim, you might do. He said a couple of weeks ago in a Twitter video that he's close pals with these people at PAI that are going to be taking over West Ham, saying it's going to be the best thing in the world for a cl- for the club, going to take us to that next level, going to invest millions in the club because they've got billions worth of backing. Initially, I, I sent this to Penny straight away and I said, I, I'm not sure about this, really. It's, we've heard it all before, haven't we? We've heard it all before. And, you know, you've had people saying for the last couple of weeks, they're going to put a statement out. We're going to know exactly what they're going to want to do. They're going to lay their plan out. We're going to know what the strategy is. Um, I know I sent you the, the the statement and we've both you know scanned over it. But the reason we've only scanned over it is because it's just a load of shit, really. It's a load of gibberish. It doesn't really say anything, does it? 
I mean, Sullivan has come out and said, even though I don't trust him, he said it's not a real offer. Mm. Um, but then you don't know who to believe uh, from either one. I mean, that fella you mentioned, he seems like Sullivan when he was 20, 30 years old. He just seems like a Billy bullshitter. <laughs> and to be honest, it, it just seems like the same old, same old. He says there's money. What? Where is it really coming from? Do I really believe he has it? I've had more credibility in the Arsenal offer from the fella from Spotify because it actually takes so much. We're talking about billions of pounds to run these clubs. Yeah. And it doesn't come out of thin air. And you really do need to back up your numbers. And it takes a lot to prove that a, even a bid, a takeover is viable and they actually have the money, let alone even before it happens. So given what they've said, I don't have full faith. You use the word there, faith, which is a cracking word, because I was just about to go on to this. I, as much as I want them out, right, I want Gold, Sully, Brady all gone. I do everywhere. Every real West Ham fan wants them out of the club. All right, we're in the Europa League this season. I completely understand that, but it's not down to them. It's down to David Moyes doing a fantastic job with the players he's got in. So the reason I've got no faith in them, this, this POI crowd, is because, first of all, you know, you're going through Twitter with Tom Skinner, first of all, who I've never met the bloke. I've got nothing against him. He's a West Ham fan like me and you, and he's obviously really passionate. He's probably really excited to get this news across because I've known before he's a West Ham fan. So, you know, no problem with him whatsoever, but... No comparisons made at all. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's more the fact that, you know, they've come out with a statement, which I was really excited to read about and see what the plans were. They've given no real plans away just yet. They've, they've mentioned this pre-agreement um, with the LLDC to buy the stadium and improve the whole area in Stratford to make it a bit more to West Ham's taste. But, you know, so you're thinking get one ex-player on your side, get a figure on your side and someone that's going to really win the fans over, you know, go and get someone who's a legend at the club. They got and got him Rio Ferdinand. And that just shows me they've got no real, you know, connection to the club and what the fans are really thinking. Rio's been calling for Declan Rice to move to Man United all summer. And now he's saying he's very passionate about West Ham and he backs this move. Well, he's what do you say about Newcastle? He said, if you don't like it, buy your own club. That's his quote. That's yeah. what he said. He doesn't care about the fans, no. I don't have it. He, he's not an ambassador for the people. Uh, he, especially not West Ham fans, let alone that. So Rio speaking on behalf of himself and Anton Ferdinand. We love this club for passion. Both Anton and I are really happy that PII want to come in and help improve the experience for fans. And I'm delighted they've asked us to be a big part in the club if their bid succeeds. There's just something about it that just... I know you're not a big fan of Rio. We spoke about him a, a few times, me and you. I just don't trust him, really. I don't like the fact that he's involved in this. Out of any sort of ex-West Ham player you could have picked, you've gone with Rio Ferdinand, a man who you know left the club and hasn't really looked back since. I haven't even heard him mention West Ham until this, to be honest with you. I think he just wants the headlines, to be honest. He just wants to stay relevant, get his cushy little BT package, and then chat shite, because that's what he's getting paid for, and this is clearly what he's doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I just think we've got to crack on a lot at this point. If it happens, it happens. But I'm not I'm not calling for it. I know the marches will happen. I think it's already planned for the first game of the season mm. um, to get them out. But I think there's so much misinformation about this takeover. But I don't know what to believe. So yeah. we need. To, we just this is the problem again. If we're worried about Sullivan and Gold hiding things, what is this crowd doing? They haven't said anything of real. Credibility, like it's gonna be. I, I, it feels like it's gonna be the same shit, different day. I don't know what to make of this. I think we've just got to deal with the owners that we got and hope that they spend the money. Um, because I feel like we would have. Mo- what have we actually heard? What have we? 
it's just pure speculation at this point. Yeah. It's headed by Philip Bird, who is the ex-chief executive of QPR. We all know how that went. They're obviously back in the championship now. Load of money got wasted there. Um, just to read out a bit of this now. He said, we genuinely believe that the club, the stadium and the park will thrive when the stakeholders are all pulling in the same direction. The only thing holding us back for now is the reluctance of the club's owners to engage in constructive and realistic negotiations. They do believe that they're willing to sell and hope they can make progress within the coming weeks. Now, I'm reading that from an article by Sky. Um, this came out on the 6th of August, or so three days ago. So, you know, it's going to be a long one. But another thing, quickly, just to mention on this, is they've done this at the complete wrong time, in my opinion. Because it's encouraging Sullivan Gold to not sign any players and not spend any money. They're going to be thinking, oh, well, we're going to be out of the club by this time next year, by the look of it. Why would we go and spend another £50 million improving the squad? And what is probably our biggest ever season, to be honest with you. Like, you know, the last season at the bowling was good for heritage reasons and emotionally for West Ham fans. But this is massive, mate. We're in the group stage of a European competition for the first time ever. And we are the only club in the Premier League to have not actually spent a penny on a new player yet. Newcastle today have agreed a £25 million fee of Arsenal for Joe Willock, which would be a cracking signing for them. And that makes us the only club to have not spent a single penny so far. And I think it's a joke. Well, I think it's perfect uh, decoy for Sullivan not to spend any money. Mm. Uh, I think that plays right into his hands. But I, I just, he, if, if that is the case, he called it a joke. He called the takeover bit a joke. He said there's no credibility behind it. Okay, so that removes your excuse then of possibly signing anyone because, you know, we're going to be packing up in a few months. Mm. What are you playing at then? I feel like all we've done is moan so far. And I know I did, I did say to you the other day, I want to do this podcast because I want to have a big old rant about what's been going on. And, you know, so I apologise to the listeners for my uh, my negative attitude so far. But let's look ahead to the weekend. Uh, the season obviously kicks off again for us. We're going to be visiting St. James's Park to play Newcastle. Um, traditionally, we haven't done too well there. I went there a couple of years ago for our 3-0 win. That was a fantastic day out. Newcastle did come down to East London and beat us to the first game of the season last year. Just a quick note on Newcastle before the game. Um, it appears they're going to be without Callum Wilson and Alan St. Maximan, who are both unlikely to feature uh, due to illness and injury. Uh, your reaction there is one of shock, so I'm guessing you didn't know that initially. Uh, that's cracking news for us, isn't it, really? Two I points. wasn't aware of either of them. And, I mean, we all saw what bloody St. Maximan done to us at St. James's. He tore us a new one, let's be honest. We, yeah, we yeah. can't even lie. He put he almost single-handedly won the game. So if he is missing, that'll be great. Of course, Callum Wilson loves it against us. Mm. Scored in the opener of last season. Um, is is a strange one. I back us to win, of course, but I backed us against them last season. I really think if Callum Wilson doesn't score ten fifteen, they're going to be in a relegation scrap again. But I think. They they might have enough this year because I think there's a few of the promoted teams that I don't really fancy to stay up. But I just feel, feel it's going to be another long sort of slug of a season uh, for Newcastle. Yeah. Not much to be optimistic about. But first game, it really doesn't matter. It's sort of whoever starts quickest. Oh, you know just, what I mean? Form doesn't matter. It sort of goes out the window. So it is anyone. So... I'm not going to say it's going to be a walkover. Of course, it's going to be hard, but we, we should win. I just want to see something a bit promising here. I want, I want to see the players turn up. And I'm I'm expecting really big things this year from Ben Rama, if I'm honest with you. You know, he, he was 
He wasn't even that bad for us last year, I don't think, really. He wasn't that bad at all. He got a lot of crucial assists for us when he first came into the team. He scored that cracker away at Brighton. And he scored three in three games in pre-season. He's got two assists in the game at the weekend against Atlanta. He hit the crossbar. He's hit the ground running by the sounds of it in pre-season. Apparently, he's been grafting really hard. He's been tracking back in training sessions. There was actually a game the other day at the London Stadium. They did 11 v 11 of the squad against each other. And he scored a hat-trick in a 3-0 or 3-2 win, I think, something like that. But I've seen the goals and they're all cracking finishes. So, you know, he looks really up for it at the moment. Hoping he can just hit the ground running, like you're saying, and, you know, put us in the right direction. I just want to see something promising. You know, I just want to see us turn up, actually have a bit about us. Um, Moisey, get the boys going again. Have you got an idea of a lineup you want to see in your head, just just off the cuff? Well, I mean, it's going to be four at the back. No, I see Masawaku, who's just gone back for the under-23s the other day, got an assist, but mm. I don't think it will be match fit. So with him out of the squad, that means for me, I always play a back four. Yep. Um, so, you know, usual suspects, Cresswell, Sufal, mm-hmm. and, you know, Dawson. And then, you know, I think Diop played the other day, did he? Yeah. Uh, so maybe go Diop, obviously Oggy. I'm not sure what's going on there. You mentioned him. I haven't got a clue, actually, myself. That's something I probably should look into. But on, on the topic of centre-backs there, we're looking at this Nikola uh, Milenkovic from Fiorentina. I, I can't lie. I don't know a lot about him. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to pretend to do, but you know, the, the hype seems to be quite good about him on Twitter. Everyone seems to be looking forward to us signing him. A uh, £40 million cut price. Also talks with Kurt Zuma, who actually I wouldn't mind, you know. I wouldn't mind him coming in. I think he's a good defender. Um, I just, I want backup. You know, we've, we've got rid of Balbuena. I want someone else to come in now. I don't think having three centre-arse with Dawson, Ogbonner and Diop is going to quite cut it for us. Got a couple of young lads coming through, fair enough. But, you know, um, your midfield, Jim. Uh, midfield, of course, is going to be Declan Rice, Suchek. I know Declan Rice has been worked last season. I wouldn't be... Get, I, I'd sort of think he's got his minutes under his belt in the friendly. I'd sort of put him on ice. Yeah. Um, he might not even play the full 90, but um, yeah, we got to manage him really well at the start of the season because he yeah. has been worked. And the thing about Declan is we can't afford him to get injured. For me, I don't want to see him go. You know, I don't want to see him go, yeah. but yeah. we need to sell him at his peak price. And for me, that's going to be the next World Cup. We might not, we might have to sell in the summer, but. If we, I think he's going to smash at the World Cup. If we can just get a max for him, that's all that's really important. Um, so, yeah, we can't just overwork him. I think it's crucial start of the season. We don't overwork him. We keep him fit. Because um, we don't have much cover at sentiment either, but uh, that's another story. So, I'd start them two, of course. Um, front three and a striker, I'm guessing. Jan Malenko played the other day, actually, on the back of his impressive Euros. Is he getting your team? Well, this thing about Yarmolenko, uh, he really benefits from international football because it's played at a slower pace, gets yeah. a little more time on the ball. And we all know he's technically gifted. What he struggles with for me is the pace of the Premier League. So we, we know he's worth a shot. He, he's not a bad player. Of course, I'd be starting Ben Rama on the left. Uh, and then I'll probably have to have, or you can interchange four nails in the middle. I think four nails for me in the middle. And then, you know what? It all depends who's working harder in training because Bowen and Yarmolenko are very similar in the way they use their left foot. They want to cut inside. You're always going to get more defensive work from Bowen. So it's whatever you fancy. I think it's going to be a straight shootout for them um, to get that right mid spot or right wing. 
And then, of course, up front, you have to have Antonio because we have fuck all else. <laughs> no, I'm, I couldn't agree more with that team, to be fair. Um, quick note, though, I want to make is the new kits. Um, we haven't mentioned this yet, have we? I think they're beautiful, mate, really. I've, I weren't sure about the away kit, actually, the blue and white stripe when it came out. But I've seen the option now without the Betway sponsor. I think it's beautiful. But I think I'll be investing in the home shirt this year. Maybe the third shirt as well, the little navy number. Yeah, I think, I think they are nice kits. Um, home one, you know. Collar, not 100% sold on it. Um, the way it does look a little like Brighton, but I do really like, like you said, the options to take away the sponsor. I think all kits look better without the sponsors. Might inquire about the away one, but we'll yeah. see. I'll tell you what's going to be nice, mate, is going to be wearing them shirts around Europe this year. We're 100% going. Might even have to record a podcast whilst we're away. We'll see what happens. Um, as I said, be cracking to wear them shirts around Europe next year. We've got the draw on the 27th of August at 1 o'clock. Uh, the group says draw. You and I will be at a festival in Lincoln at Lost Village. Uh, can't wait for that, but we'll have to obviously try and get signal somewhere. Sorry, just having a look at the potential draw so we can be playing the likes of our Sociedad, Betis, uh, Frankfurt, Leverkusen, Napoli, Lazio, Lyon, Marseille, Braga, Moscow, Antwerp, AZ, Fenerbahce. Mate, there are so many teams in this draw. I can't wait for the potential of travelling around Europe in that. Um, anyone in particular that you want to get us drawn against? Honestly, I don't really care. I'm just going to get that second jab. Whatever country's on the green list, that's the one I want to go to. No pissing about. It'd be nice to go Napoli. I'm not sure what the situation is with us travelling there. But honestly, I'll just take anyone just raring to go for it. I'll tell you what I'd like. Yeah. I'd like a nice, I'd like a juicy draw with someone. Like I'd like to have a decent side, a Napoli, uh, a Leon, something like that. I'd like to have one of them games, even a knockout if we get through the group or in the group stage itself. But I'd love a cheap little away day in Prague or somewhere like that. I'd like to go to Belgium, you know, Austria, just just something where we can have a proper good little knees up and then maybe a proper tasty away day somewhere. Go to Portugal or France and the south of France somewhere. But mate, yeah, you don't but, you ask know, so much, do you? No, I don't, mate. You know what? We've moaned a lot today on the podcast. I've been leading it really. But, you know, let's just remember we have got that to look forward to this season and that is going to be great. We're definitely going 100% because we may not ever get this chance again being West Ham fans. You never know. Um Mate, let's just wrap up today with a quick prediction of the Newcastle game. What's your scoreline? What are you going for? Well, if the information you've provided earlier with Callum Wilson and St. Maximum being out, I can't see him scoring. I cannot see him scoring. Mm. I think it's going to be a slow, sluggish game for me. I don't think we'll be firing all cylinders. So I'm going to go 1-0. I'm going to go with Ben Rama outside the box. That's what I'm going to go. <laughs> that is juicy. That information is from Saturday, by the way. So that's when I saw that information. I took a screenshot of it so I could do it on the podcast. Um, I am going to go for a 3-1 away win. I think we're going to start emphatically. Uh, I fancy Antonio to get a brace and Ben Rama is going to score a cracker, as you say. I'm going for it, mate. I know you're laughing, rubbing your hands, but I really fancy it, despite what I've been saying today. I don't think Ariola starts in goal, though. I think Fabianski starts the season in goal. Is that the same for you? Uh, for, yeah, for me, I think Ariola. Maybe he's the Europa League um, mm. goalkeeper, cup goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, because the thing is, if we are letting Fabianski go, we do need to keep him sweet for the whole year to make sure he signs at the yeah. end. He's just resigned today from Poland international duty. So 
he's on a one-year contract now. I don't think he signs next year. I think that's why Ariola's come in. I think there's an obligation to buy on the deal. I can't remember. Anyway, 3-1 win for me. Antonio Brace and a Benrahma goal. This Antonio Brace will make him the second highest scorer in the Premier League in West Ham history. I've said this many times already on the podcast, but he is going to do it. He'll go past Palo de Canio by November, I think. That's what I'm going to put my money on. Jim, mate, thanks for coming on this week. Uh, any last words before we wrap up? No, looking forward to the season. Uh, I have a few boys coming to the door, but if not, we'll make do. Buzzing to get back in the ground. First game, Leicester at home. Can't wait for that. Buzzing. Yeah, get me, get me there already. I'm actually excited to go back to London Stadium. Come on, the boys. Yeah, I'll be joining you, mate. And we will catch up with the rest of you soon. 